hello, welcome to Reaction Shots for March? Marpril. Marpril. This week we're talking about best baddies. We got a lot of really good comments. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're going to go through them all. But first, what have you liked lately? Castlevania. Yeah, I'm Check three out episodes our... away. Nice. From the end. Check out our spoiler mode for $1. Yeah, you just got to be a patron at all, and then yeah. you can watch those spoily modes. Yep. Uh, so yeah, you can check out uh, some of our thoughts on that. Who was that? You, me, Brad, Brad and yeah, and we all liked it quite a bit. Very cool. Yeah, I'm I'm liking it so far. I'm wondering. Definitely, three episodes away from the end feels like things need to ramp up, and they need to ramp mm. up quickly. Mm. See, I loved the slow pace. I mean, I like the slow burn, but to me, it's like, okay, but what's gonna happen? Yeah. And how long do I have to wait for the next season where lots of things are gonna happen? Definitely. You know, it's one of those. Yeah. Um, I also saw Portrait of a Lady on Fire. Oh, you saw it finally. Nice. Yeah, and I loved it. Yeah, I bet. Amazing. It was so good. I am. So bummed that I have not seen it, Ian. Oh, it's incredible. And you like romantic movies. I do. It, you um, would love it. It's still in theaters. I know, I know. I'm trying to go. It's just the we went to a movie last time and it was not that. It was uh-huh. invisible. It was invisible, man. Yeah. Which I hear is good. Really, really good. Really, really good? Like one of the best. One, one of, the, of the best. One of the dude, there's it's movies of all time. No, one of the best like horror movies in a while for sure. And sure, like sure. not even a horror movie, but tell me more about Lady on Fire. Uh it's really good. Slow burn, just really well shot, and the yeah. pacing is interesting and stuff. It's funny, a friend of mine didn't like it. He thought it was boring. Uh but I wonder, because he's not interested in women, if that had something to do with it. Yeah. I don't know. Like, just no shared experience with this movie. I don't know. I mean, I'm not saying that's a thing, but that was uh, something I wondered. Hmm. But, um, yeah, but I really, really liked it. Uh, I kind of hesitate to say too much. Cause yeah, for sure. It's a movie that isn't really about, like, the story isn't what makes it, yeah. you know. I'm there to watch them yeah. fall in love. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or out of love or whatever the hell. Whatever. Yeah, 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 I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm a little nervous about it. You got to watch it. Yeah. You got to watch it. For sure. Um, but yeah, I feel like there was something else I watched that I liked, but oh, The Freaking Outsider. That's what it was. Yeah. Finished that. Nice. Same, same. Oh my goodness. Two episodes too long. Do you concur or no? Mm-hmm. Maybe one. Okay, one. There but I, I didn't I, I was never bored. Oops. Yeah, totally. I was never bored. Totally. And I don't I can't I can't think like a lot of times in these HBO series there's the one episode where you're like, that episode could have gone. Like mm-hmm. or Netflix especially. It's like those three episodes didn't need to be there. Yeah. But like this one I don't I, I can't remember a standout episode as being like mm-hmm. a bad episode. Yeah. So retroactively, I wish they hadn't have shown the like mysterious shadow in the beginning you know you kind of like mm. i'm not going to get into too many spoilers here but like yeah it kind of shows something early on yeah it's like first or second episode yeah. you know like okay there's more to it and it's like because ben mendelson the whole time was grappling with like well does it does it not it's like if the audience was doubting it with him i think it's a tough and it's really hard because I feel like we've already done a disservice by tipping that there's more going on than just a murder. But, like, uh, 
I guess the 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 advertising campaign for this already kind of you know. Yeah. But I I was it's, actually it's talking marketed like a horror thing. Yeah, yeah. I was talking about this with Sophia, and it's tough because it's like introducing the supernatural element is hard in a thing like this because either you go with dramatic irony where we know that it's true and stuff, and so that we're waiting for the characters to catch up, or you run the risk of us disbelieving the ending by being like, well, that came out of left field, you know? But it's like, it's a hard balance to strike. And I think they did a pretty good job skirting the line for most of it. Sure. They definitely went with the first tactic, though, where where we were like, oh, there's something else going on here, maybe. But what I liked about it was, like, the first four or five episodes, you know, we were kind of just like, how supernatural is this going to go? Like, sure. is this just... Yeah, so it it's cool. Definitely. I, I liked it all in all. I thought it was really good. You should watch Invisible Man. Yeah? It is. I had the... Can't miss. I had the... Uh, can't miss it, dude. I can't had, miss this. I had the, the way he turns invisible spoiled for me. It's fine. Yeah. Doesn't matter. Was the, that you who spoiled it? Maybe no. Somebody else told me they were like it happens like right away. They they've shown it, it in the trailers and stuff. Oh, they like, explain how it works. Yeah, that seems so weird to me. But yeah. like, okay. Yeah, I know how it end ends too, but sort of. But uh, dude, I mean, uh, yeah, just bare minimum. It's extremely good, and but there's it, not many too many scares. jump scares. There's really not. There's like, do you want me to tell you when one of them is? Like I mean, the setting. The thing is, like, <laughs> I know it's just a dude. And, like, a dude isn't that scary. Mm-hmm. If it's, like, ghosts and demons, then I'm like, oh, exactly. God. But if it's just a dude, it's yeah. like, whatever. You're just a dude. Yeah. Which first should be the other way around of what I'm actually scared of. Because, like, real-life killers are actually scary and ghosts aren't real. So, it's, But it's, like, irrational, I know. <laughs> but yeah. Yes. Beth is the same exact way. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. It's weird. Human, yeah. The human yeah. mind. Right? Like, killers should be way more intense. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but it's like I'm afraid of ghosties. Yeah, because oh. you don't, you can't beat them. There's no way to beat ghosts. Them. Yeah, you have to like penetrate their feelings. Yeah, very emotional. Got to get some kind of like <sighs> ritual going. Some yeah. bent neck lady vibes, Ian. Oh my god, the bent neck lady, dude! Don't even talk to me. About the <laughs> neck lady. But I, I highly recommend Invisible Man, and you highly recommend Portrait of Lady on Fire. So uh, we, two phenomenal we, films in the theater. Yeah, see one or the other or both. We've we've got to subscribe to that Alamo Draft yeah. House subscription service now. Big boat, bigger boat, biggest boat. We are in the biggest boat because we're in L.A. Yeah. It's an interesting notion that their their subscription service for Alamo Draft House, just based on the size of the city you live in. Yeah. You know, it's that like, is crazy. But it makes sense. You know, but yeah. it, but I've never seen anyone do it like that. Yeah. You know, where so it's like if you live next to an Alamo in like. You know, wherever small town. I mean, I guess they're all in like fairly large cities, but yeah, yeah it's interesting. Anyway, uh, anything else you liked recently? I'm trying to think of what uh, else. McMillions I... was pretty good. The documentary. I watched the first three yeah. of it. It's only three more, man. You're almost there. <sighs> <laughs> I f- that I feel like that story could have easily been told in an hour and a half or two hours. It could have been four episodes instead of six. Yeah, <laughs> could have been two instead of six. Yeah. I love the. I mean, I like though. it. I like it. And and I, I was will, enjoying it. I will say by the end, it is. It could have been shorter, but at least by the end, you're like, okay, at least it was like building to something, and now we're kind of getting some like payoffs. Okay. Throughout, because it's like really focusing on specific things. Yeah, I gotta finish it. Yeah. I gotta finish it. So it's good. Yeah, but the outsider in Castlevania though, don't skip them. Don't skip. Don't skip them. 
And Watchmen. If you haven't watched the Watchmen yeah. show. Lindelof. Lindelof. You hear what he said about it? What? You're going to enjoy this. Uh-huh. Because I feel like I'm, we've, I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm, we've I'm, turned I've, a page. I've turned a page on you, Lindelof. You're, I actually went through and I watched all of Leftovers. Yes, dude. Well, I skipped season one. That's fine. I'd seen like the first half and I yeah. hated it. Yeah. And then season two I liked and season three was okay. Okay. Uh, I love season three. I thought the finale was next level. The finale was nice. The, okay. like, the very, very end was yeah. nice. Uh, I he, thought that was that was one where I thought they spent a little too much time in the like, sure. kind of like, ooh, what? For sure. I, I don't want to say too much, but. Uh, he said he's not doing Watchmen season two yeah. because he has no ideas. Yeah. He's like, yeah, I don't have an idea. Yeah, he was like, I said what I wanted to say, and what, what blows my mind is yeah. HBO was like, hey, this was really good, let's do more, and he was like, no, and yeah. then they were like, okay, we won't do it then. So cool. And it was just like, oh, all right. Protect it. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. That's what I want everything to be. Yeah. I like. It's funny, now I would prefer everything to be a one-season limited run than multiple seasons. Like, if a show... Like, Dark on Netflix, mm -hmm. right? We were watching season one way back in the day, didn't know much about it, expecting it all to wrap up for whatever reason. I don't know yeah. why. And then when it became clear that it was going to be ongoing, I was, like, disappointed. Yeah. I was like, I want things to just be Same. done. Same. Yeah. I don't want to have to wait for stuff because it's like, eh. There's so much <laughs> now. It's Yeah, it's like, yeah. I feel like the it's a whole, like, maybe the next reaction shots or something we can talk about at the end, but, I've I, like, the other day... Just the other day now, I had the feeling of, like, I think we've finally gone over the hill where there is just too much. <laughs> where it's, like, annoying how many things there are. And I, you I just think have of, to choose. Yeah, I think of something that just came out, like, Hunters on Amazon, which is, like, this big-budget flagship show for them. Al Pacino, like, $100 million thing. Oh, yeah, I've seen billboards for that. Came and went. I have no interest. Just, just came and went. And, yeah. and it's just like the quality and the craft and the budget and everything is so huge. You know, yeah, a couple yeah. years ago, this would have been like yeah. a, a landmark event. And yeah. now it's just like, nope, moving on. Similar thing happened to another little anime or uh, Amazon uh, series called Patriot. Patriot. <laughs> um, I had flew dinner. so under the radar. I had dinner last night with... Beth and her friends that are getting married and her friend's fiance goes, yeah, have you ever seen Patriot? Yeah. It's like one of my favorites. I freaked out. I was like, my friend has been trying to get me to watch this for like five years. <laughs> Legitimately. Yeah. Like when did it come out? Yeah. I think it has been five years. Yeah. Um, it, it, it's a slow burn, but you like those. I do. Give it a shot. But now there's too much. No, there's, there's not. So there, but here's the thing: there's a lot, but there's still only like four good things. <laughs> you know, I like too much. Yeah, I yeah. like too many things. Too much. <laughs> um. Anyway, is we that got Dave Matthews. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it know. is. I only do Dave Matthews for the memes. <laughs> I, I guess I don't hate Dave Matthews like everyone does, but I, had I don't a, like it. I had a Dave Matthews phase. Yeah? Confessions. I, I definitely owned a Dave Matthews CD when I was a teenager. I've been to like that six red and blue one. live shows. Whoa. Yeah, I was like, you I, like Dave Matthews. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. You'll catch no shade from uh, me. Not, I mean, whatever. I don't care. Not as much anymore. Like I, a couple years ago, my friend had tickets to a show and we went we hadn't been in years, uh -huh. and we both, as we were leaving, were like, "I think we grew. I think we've grown out of this. <laughs> yeah. I think I've, yeah. I think I've done done with Dave Matthews it. now. Yeah, just a well, that's couple year period where I was so into it. That's an important life 
lesson, yeah. thing to learn, you know? Yeah. There comes a time in everyone's life. Yeah. All right, let's jump into this because we got a lot of a lot of comments, and I'm probably just going to read most of them because they were interesting and fun. So, yeah, this episode, if I don't screw up putting it up, it's Friday the 13th right now. Um, apologies to the early access people that you did not get early access this time because we are shooting it. It's like 5 p.m. on a Thursday right now, so I just have to cut it and put it up tonight, and it goes up tomorrow. I'll find some way to make it up to you. Don't let me forget the shout-outs at the end, either. In fact, you know what? Shout-out! Shout-out! Shout Greg, the Dark Knight Kettering, Caleb, Togi Crawford, Will Schmuck, and Mr. One Luigi. Shout-out! Shout-out! I have a tendency to forget that in yes. this show, so I did it right now. Nice. We'll, and we'll double down at we'll the end. We'll double down, hopefully, yeah, yeah, unless I actually forget it again. Yeah. All right, so this time we're talking about best baddies, the yes. villains. Monsters, humanoids, and everything in between in mo- uh, in movies. We're going to talk about Excellent. people's favorites. We're going to talk about what makes a great villain. Hell yeah. We're going to talk about villains that you kind of agree with. Next time, I want to have an entire episode on the T-1000. He comes up. I'm sure he's going to. Oh yeah, he comes up. All right. Favorite movie villain. Um, how should we do this? I'll just read through stuff, and if you want to jump in, yeah. jump in. Let's do it. Or if I want to jump in, I'll jump in. Project DAD says Darth Vader is my all-time favorite. Heath Ledger's Joker is a quintessential baddie for Batman, but one gave me the worst heebie-jeebies, and that was Dolores Umbridge, because her evilness is not supernatural, but very real. Yeah. She's very frustrating for Very, me. very frustrating character. One of those one of those characters where it's like, oh. Yeah. And I guess that means they're a success. Very. Because it's just like, oh, you're just so gross. Anytime someone is so gross with their ideals and they're on their high horse and they think like they're doing it right and everyone else is wrong, though the villains you cannot get through to them, those are always, yeah, hard, frustrating. John Johnson, Hans Gruber, hands down. Number one. Yeah. Probably right. Probably up there. We can try to rank them at the end. That's going to be a tough one. He's up there, yeah. Tough to the current leader. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's the real reason Die Hard became a franchise. John McClane is great, but he's only as good as the villain that opposes him. Hans Gruber lifts a pretty generic '80s action movie into a cultural phenomenon. There's there is a reason no other Die Hard compares to the first. Also, shout out to Alan Rickman in Prince of Thieves as Sheriff of Nottingham. <laughs> the only reason to watch that great movie is his performance. Hell yeah, good shout out. Because it'll hurt more, <laughs> you twit. <laughs> Why a spoon, cousin? I always liked that other guy too, his his cousin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The bad yeah. guy from The Crow, I think. Dude, the crow. It was like giant mountain of cocaine in the crow, right? Remember that? <laughs> it's been a while since the I watched The Crow. Girlfriend. I've been meaning to rewatch The Crow, actually. Yeah. I I did rewatch it you know, probably like still whatever, ten years ago, but ooh. Pop quiz, who directed The Crow? And Dark City and iRobot. Oh, that's um, Andrew. No, close. It's... And he did Knowing Dominic. No, it's Alex. Pro. Pro. Yes. I think that's the same. Yeah. Um, knowing. Knowing, dude. Knowing. Knowing. Who need to read Roger Ebert's review of Knowing Roger right Ebert, now? Yeah, that, Pause. Roger read that review. Loves Knowing. Yeah, didn't yeah. he? It's one of my favorite reviews ever. It shows like, to me, it speaks to how like 
mood-based reviews can be. Yeah. You know? And he totally came out one time and said, like, there was a huge chunk of his life when he was really mad and he gave a lot of movies bad reviews because mm-hmm. he was, like, really mad at, at that point in his life. Yeah. He was in a good real. mood when he watched Knowing. <laughs> he was in a real good mood <laughs> when he watched Here's the thing with Knowing. I like that movie. Yeah. It's dumb and bad, but I really like it. Any movie that has a, a shot that's just ingrained into my brain forever, that to me Which gives it a pass. The, in the forest, the turning around and the light. Yeah, yeah. That's ingrained forever. There, is, doesn't that movie have one of those shots where he like, looks out the window and there's like somebody in the yard, too? I or... only remember the shot in the woods. Let's watch Knowing, dude. I'm down. Let's like, I want to watch it again. Let's do a commentary track on knowing. <laughs> so in. Uh, Tokyo Slim also agrees. Hans Gruber. Ian Barker says Golem, to which Alexander Zirinov claps back. Interesting. I've I'd never considered Golem uh, as a villain. He, uh, sure, he pursues his own agenda, and he will hurt others for personal gain, but in my mind, he's more like a wild animal that protects his hunting trophy. I think he's both. I think he, he features, or he functions as a foil. And a villain. He's the antagonist yeah. to our hero, Frodo. Yeah. Like, yeah. And villain. his motivations are, are nice and interesting, but like, does not get redeemed, totally. you know? Almost does, but does not, you know? Unintentionally redeems. Well, yeah. <laughs> he's the one, pretty yeah. much, that, yeah. <gasps> Um, uh, the same thing with Darth Vader, Ian. I know, like, oh, he's, gonna well, come he's up. Anakin, he's a hero, and it's like, well, Darth Vader, specifically, to me, is a villain that gets redeemed. redeemed. So. And then George Lucas crapped all over that with the <laughs> special release by making Hayden Christensen ghost at the end of Jedi, uh, Return of the Jedi, because it, it negates his deathbed repentance, man. Ugh, yeah. so annoying. Star, Star Wars, Wars has always is, been bad. Star Wars is frustrating. Two out of 11 movies are good. Ah, three. I like Solo, actually. I really like Phantom Menace, dude. I refuse to back down. Pod racing. I love Jar Jar Binks. I love pod racing. I love Darth Maul. I love Qui-Gon Jinn. Love that movie. Some good stuff in there, yeah. I love it, Ian. (laughs) Shit. (laughs) You know what? Damn it. I'm not mad about it. I'm not mad about it. Uh, Varun Kachwaha says, has to be Roy Batty. In uh, Blade Runner, for me, for a film to be able to transform the perceptions you had of a character is a difficult task on its own. For it to change your perception about the entire film is legendary. Yeah. Speaking, of course, about how, and I'm, I'm shortening these a little bit just for time, but um, yeah, because you totally think he's this bad guy, and then he ends up being, as, as Varun says, like more human than the main character. I assert that uh, Deckard is the bad guy of that movie. Uh, he's the villain. Uh, that's one of the things I love about the Blade Runner movies, one and two, is like they're about these these main characters who are either wrong or unimportant. Yeah, and that's something super interesting to do for a movie, dude. I just talking about it now, Ian, just gave me the feeling of Blade Runner, the mood. Yes, dude. Yeah. Such a good yeah. mood, like oh one of a God. kind, one of a kind. I mood. think I honestly think the mood Ooh. is is what makes those two movies yeah. such lasting yeah. classics, you know? Because, like, Blade Runner 1, by today's standards, like, someone who'd never seen them before, could I, I could not so blame them. slow. But if they dry. watched it and were just like, oh, my God. Yeah. I mean, I like that movie, but, like, you know? Yeah, totally. I actually prefer 2049, I think. Oh. 2049 is a masterpiece to I me. Agree. I, I agree. love that movie. I agree. Uh, Joseph Caruso, my favorite movie villain is easily... T-1000. T-1000. It's truly a formidable foe because it's virtually unstoppable. It's cold, calculating, doesn't feel any pity or remorse, yet can appear and act like a regular person. Yeah. 
It's all about its move set. That part, you know, the 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 most unsettling part of T one thousand to me is when he kills the the mom with the the milk jug through her head or whatever. The, the she's he's he's on, on the, the phone, phone as the yeah. mom and then hits yeah. the dad. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I thought it was the, the dad's. Oh, and there. the dad's drinking yeah. the milk. Okay, yeah. and he's the mom. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 But that's unsettling, man. Very. That's unsettling it stuff. It is. Woof. The dog. What's the name of your dog? How's Ralphie? Ralphie's fine, honey. Where are you? Your foster parents are dead. Your foster parents are dead. <laughs> so intense. I just want to watch Terminator 2 every day. Let's watch Terminator <laughs> 2, dude. <laughs> Let's do a commentary I track know. for Terminator 2. Uh, Colt Smith, I have two favorite villains. First is General Kale from Willow. Shout out to Willow, wow, dude. What a pull. For the villain. Well, he's incredibly mysterious and menacing and has... Uh, that makes him doubly scary, and he has a crazy design. Look at that cool mask and armor and wicked sword. The second, of course, is Predator. I mean, how great is it to show how cool a group of dudes are and how invincible they are in combat, and then just kill them one by one? Yeah. <laughs> Dude, for real, Predator, man. Predator is no up there. No quarrel. Predator is up there. No quarrel, Predator. Leave me alone. If you, What is it? If you don't have a weapon, or if you prove yourself yeah. a good warrior, pr- Predator like respects you in the so other movies? Sick. So weird. Um, what do you think uh, the future holds for Predator, Ian? What do you think? Oh, boy. What do they, you think? Because they keep trying. And then the Disney bought it or whatever. It's part of that whole Disney Fox thing. It's part of Fox, yeah. So where do you, where do you think it goes next? Uh, and when does it reveal itself again? Honestly, I don't know, dude. I don't know. Like, it seems like, because they've kept trying it and none of those have been. Yeah. Like, Predators didn't do hot. I the like Predator. Predators. I like Predators. And I rewatched it. Doesn't hold up uh, as well as the first time when I saw it. Got it. Definitely a little bit of its time, but uh, I didn't. I haven't seen the Predator, the new one. It was weird. Yeah. So weird. <laughs> so weird. Yeah, I heard it wasn't great. No, it's not the worst thing ever, but it kind of is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> well, it's weird because like all the press leading up to that movie was like how like it was that dude. Shane Black. Shane Black's like brother or like friend or something who yeah. had like a, a shady past. Oh, I don't. Uh, and like, uh, I don't remember yeah, the full details, remember. whatever. Yeah. Um, oh, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. There was like some was drama like, on set for that sure. Was, yeah. That was like for the sure. only thing I was hearing about this movie. And I was like, for okay, sure. well, if no one's talking about the actual movie, yeah. then it must not even be worth totally. talking about. Katie Garza says, my favorite movie villain would have to be Lord Voldemort. Uh, I love the way the films tell the story of Tom Riddle. I think his actions are reprehensible, and I never never agree with his actions. However, as someone who personally cares a great deal about people's mental health, it's easy to see how Tom got to the point that he did. He was abandoned as a child and made to feel like an outcast, unworthy of love. Regardless of that, he got into Hogwarts, and Dumbledore tried to take him under his wing, but the trauma took its toll, and I sympathize with that trauma. On a fun, less serious note, I've always loved Freddy Krueger. His crass jokes are terrible, but I laugh every time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so good. Yeah. One of the first movies they saw in Catalyst for a Love Affair with Horror Films. Anytime a main villain of a franchise is phenomenal or like the main threat or or has the most lasting staying power, I really respect that. Cause like so many times the supporting villains are more interesting yeah. or or you care about them more, and it's like you know, the big bads, like the Emperor and yeah. Voldemort and Sauron to a degree. Like, it's cool. Yeah, especially if you do it right. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
Excuse me, goodness. Um, Voldemort has a cool, mostly cool arc where it's a return to power kind of a thing, you know? Yeah. Like, kind of in the shadows for the first few movies, mm-hmm. gaining prominence in the latter movies. Yeah. It's yeah. cool. Uh, also, yeah, uh, Fre- on the Freddy Krueger note, Freddy Krueger might be one of the most, as a kid, that was maybe the idea of, like, best horror idea. Like, making you afraid of going to sleep, something that a lot of people have trouble doing anyway, Genius. is next level wickedness. Like, as good as the monster in the closet. Yeah. It's, like, even better. Yeah. Yeah. It's <laughs> like, know? oh, you finally fell asleep? <laughs> well, guess what? That's yeah. when he can get you. Yeah. It's like, oh, man. Um, Isaac Swanson says, The Thing is definitely one of the most terrifying villains, silently taking the crew out while hiding in plain sight, letting paranoia and fear control the su- survivors. Also, shout out Joker, Batman, Mask, The Phantasm. Mark Hamill gives his best performance of the career of the character, and the ending showdown. Well, spoilers. Yeah, but uh, yes, I love yeah. Joker's laugh at in the finale. In yeah, Mask of the Phantasm. I, is... I have seen Mask of the Phantasm, but it's been since I was a kid, so I don't remember it at all. I gotta rewatch. Really it. good laugh. I gotta I gotta rewatch that one. I have the Blu-ray, if you would like to borrow it. You got the Blu-rays I do. Okay. And Batman Beyond. Oh, the whole show? Yep. Wow. Thanks, Beth. Thanks, Beth. <laughs> Shout out to Beth. Uh, would you kindly says, growing up as a kid, my appreciation for... Vi- oh, wait, also The Thing, though. Yes, yeah, shit. Show, the shit. Thing. The Thing. We got sidetracked. What did I just watch when I was like, oh, they're watching The Thing the whole time? Was it The Lodge? Oh, yeah. The Lodge. Yeah. Was that? Yeah. yeah, they kept like cutting to <laughs> Yeah. Didn't you say they were like full, like minute long, just yeah. like they're showing the thing? Yeah. It's just like, what? They're like, they're having a conversation, but you hear in the background, like Kurt Russell just like, get away from there! Just like <laughs> so <Great>. loud. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, yeah, un- unparalleled. I love the thing. Yep. Similar to T1000 vibes, where it's like, you never know who it could be, you know? Yeah. Ugh, yeah. So good. I love the thing. That's, that's a movie that's got like Resident Evil vibes, dude. Just yes. like good vibes. Yes. It's next level. It's oh. it's untouchable. Untouchable. Like a damn near perfect film, that, yep. that yep. remake. Like there's Before the, un- the second remake, because the thing is actually a remake, but Oh yeah. From like the fifties or whatever. There's uh like different categories, I feel like, of untouchable movies, and that is just like in the top, top, top like yeah. with Terminator two, you know? Yeah. Just a couple Alien. of those. Yeah. Just a couple legendary movies that refuse to age. They refuse yeah. to go away from the public conscious. Like, unreal. It's so good. <laughs> All right, anyway, whatever. Sorry, would you kindly? Growing up as a kid, my appreciation for villains came with Bond films. I also bonded with my mom, rest in peace, oh, sorry to hear about that, over these, who owned a VHS collection with the 007 Spine Art from Goldfinger, Blofeld, Scaramanga, Lashif to Dr. No, these were educated and cultured textbook villains with an appetite to see the world burn. Surely exaggerated and caricatural, but those are the best. Hell yeah. Yeah, there's something special. Talking about vibes, there's something special about a, a, about a good Bond mm-hmm. villain. <laughs> yes. Dr. No, Goldfinger for sure come to mind, yeah. but uh, Trevlin, obviously. Mm-hmm. 006. Double, yeah. That's from Gold uh, and Golden I. Eye. Golden you Eye. G- just my fave. Yeah. You know, uh, ex agent. It's a good best hook. Buds, it's a good idea. Like, yeah. Betrayal. It's a great idea. Thought he was dead, right? Yeah. From the beginning. Yeah. Ugh. I gotta rewatch Gold 
Goldeneye. Goldeneye holds up. Really? Yeah. Franklin James. I mean, obviously, Bond movies age weird with the tech, but it's also kind of part of the charm where it's like, all right, this movie's in the 90s or whatever, so... The, the tech and how how overtly sexist. Those are the two things <laughs> that, that age a Bond movie, I think. Yeah. Hey, uh, Xenia, Xena... Badass in the one who, eye. who strangles people with their yes. thighs. Yeah. Yes, so good. <laughs> just that like grimy pilot guy that she seduces, and just like, Grah! yeah, love it. I think my mom had misgivings about letting me watch that because she was like, I think she was nervous about letting me see something where like a woman was using sex as a weapon or whatever. <laughs> she thought that would like have a weird influence on me, yeah. maybe. When I was like 12 or whenever that movie came out. <laughs> Thoughtful. Uh, Morgan Mahala, love this one. Sir Patrick Stewart's character Darcy from Green Room. Jeez. You've seen Green Room. With you. We saw it. Oh, yeah. Yep. I love this yes. movie. Yes. This movie is hardcore. He remains calm, methodical, manipulative, and calculating. A terrible villain who made me more uneasy than any monster ever could because chances are there are real-life people like Darcy out there. For sure there are. Yeah, green room, next level stuff. Darcy plays the leader of a, or uh, Darcy is, I guess, played by uh, Patrick Stewart, is like the leader of like a neo-Nazi group that this punk band runs afoul of, and then things go from there. That's Solner, right? Uh, yeah, the Blue Ruin guy. Yeah, he just did something recently, I feel like, but I didn't see He did see the, it. Um, oh, what is it called, the, the Wild, the... There's something about like wolves in Alaska for Netflix. That's I never right. saw like, that. In one. the dark, maybe. Yeah, he did. something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I never saw it. Same, same, same. And he's probably got another project going. I don't know. Hopefully. Mm-hmm. It's good movies. Good movie, Ian. Bummer about Anton Yelchin. Dude, I know. Such a bummer. Uh, Andrew oh. Burt says For me, it would have to be Love from Blade Runner 2049. Her fight scene with Kay <laughs> is one of the most immaculately lit and shot scenes of all time. Emphasis. Andrews. The audio in the in the theater during that scene? Are you kidding oh me God. with the waves crashing oh everywhere? God. I told you that when, when that movie started up, I almost started weeping yeah. just because like yeah. the shot and the synths. <laughs> I was just yeah, yeah, I was yeah, just yeah. like, <laughs> 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 like a just, wall of synth. Just, <laughs> just, like, <laughs> just so um, overwhelmed. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's uh, so good, Ian. Oh, man, I love oh. this one. Antilles says, favorite villain, Jean-Baptiste Emmanuel Zorg. He's basically how Lando's role could have gone in Empire. Plus, I love that plastic head thing. I also love that plastic head thing. Is this you from like Fifth um, Element? Fifth Element, yeah. yeah it's from Fifth oh, Element. Oh, hell yeah. Jean-Baptiste Emmanuel <laughs> Zorg. Zorg. <laughs> I haven't seen it in a while. Oh, God. It's time for a rewatch. Dude, let's watch Fifth Element. <laughs> <laughs> so many good movies. Uh, Stephen Beaumont says, My favorite bi- villain, aside from the obvious picks that one com- that come to mind first, uh, is Vidal from Pan's Labyrinth. He's so insanely sinister, the bottle scene, yep. and so uncompromising, the stitching, and at the end he realizes how terrible he's been because of spoilers. Uh, but yeah, dude, that guy is... 10 out of 10 pick. That that does, I'll is, clap for that, honestly. Yeah. Great pull, great pick. Guillermo's best Hardcore. villain, hands down. 10 out of freaking 10. For sure. Well, because it's his... I'm thinking through the, the Guillermo villains, and he's like the only one that's like a person, right? Yeah. Basically. Kinda? I mean, yeah. Sort of. 
Uh, well, I mean, yeah. except for uh, Shape of Water. And like Kronos, yeah, yeah, technically. Yeah, 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 kind yeah. of. I haven't seen Kronos. It's I definitely worth it. a watch. Let's watch Kronos. Dude, it's so good. <laughs> I brought it because Brad loves vampires. So I like, <laughs> I remember watching Kronos for the first time. And I legit drove to his house with the DVD and was like, watch this. I'm leaving. <laughs> watch it right now. He was like, he did. He was like, dude, awesome. Psycho. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Jason Wojnar says, I think Colonel Kurtz from Apocalypse Now is the best movie villain ever. Brando's performance is haunting, gives me chills as I type this and think about what he did in his enigmatic ramblings. Even though he has little to no sc- or, even though he has so little screen time and the movies are a bit obscure by the end, his motives, sorry, are a bit obscure by the end, he sticks in one's mind forever, perhaps because of how the different conclusions and messages one can draw from his story also, Frank Booth from Blue Velvet gets an honorable mention. Dennis Hopper puts the performance of a lifetime in that role. Two great calls. Yeah. Also, two very similar kind of like crazed madmen. <laughs> Man, yeah. Apocalypse Now is such a good movie. I know. So is Blue Velvet. Ian, I've only watched I watched Apocalypse Now one time in college, and it was like that perfect yeah, experience yeah, where dude. it was just perfection from second one to the end. When it was over, it was like I just went through something. Yeah. And haven't watched it since because it's like I just I don't want to mess with that. Oh, that's funny. But it's like I, was, I, I should just rewatch it. Oh, it's so good. There's a part in film school. Also, yeah, I was I was steeped in in Apocalypse Now for a hot minute. Like we watched it in class. We watched Redux, I think the the recut, mm-hmm. and then we also watched Hearts of Darkness, which is the, the documentary yeah. that I believe uh, who is it? Is it uh, Coppola's wife or something at the time so, yeah, made? So. Um, yeah, everything about that. Ugh. What a what a wacky what a movie. Uh, Eric Sayer says, My favorite kind of movie villain is the kind that's magnetic, almost charismatic, but also mostly terrifying. The best example of this in recent years is Hans Landa from Inglorious Bastards. <laughs> Waltz uh, is just the perfect movie villain. Special shout out to Philip Seymour Hoffman's Owen Davian in Mission Impossible 3. A great villain and the best reason to watch that movie for sure. I'm going to find her. I'm going to hurt, hurt her. <laughs> Creep. I'm 10 out of 10. find her. That, what I love about him in that, well, Philip Seymour Hoffman just like so good at that usually, but like yeah. makes it like, it it never sounds like it's something he wants to do. Yeah. He's just going to do it because yeah. it's what he's got to do, mm-hmm. you know? It's like that sick, weird logic. Oh, so dude. And when he, when Philip Seymour Hoffman is... Tom Cruise playing Philip Seymour Hoffman, like when he Yo, gets the, yeah, the yeah, disguise, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and Philip yeah, yeah. Seymour Hoffman is like pretending to be Tom. Cr- oh, it's so good! It's really good. Uh, Carl Williams says Michael Corleone. Yep, Corleone. I don't remember. It's been so long. Corleone. Since I've, yeah, since I've seen Godfather. Uh, there are so many layers to Michael. Someone who is aware of his family's business, but initially tried not to get involved. But as the same old story goes, it was his destiny to be head of the family after his father. Um, the rest is good, but it gets a little spoilery. So uh, if you haven't seen Godfather, check them out. <laughs> Pretty epic stuff, dude. Yes, please. Um, yeah, it, it, the Godfather is the only thing I feel like that's like the Beatles when it's just been so overhyped for mm-hmm. before you were even born. Yeah, yeah. It's just been three decades of hype for these, where they, where it's just feels like it's it's expected. Yeah. So it's kind of just like dismissed in a way. It's. Almost to the level of Citizen Kane, where it's yeah. like, because you've seen everything that's aped from Citizen Kane, that yeah. watching Citizen Kane is like kind of whatever. Yeah. 
um, in today's era. But yeah, Godfather holds up, I'd say. I don't think I ever saw three, though. Three's good. Yeah? If one and two are a ten, three is an eight. Point oh, okay. five. Honestly, three's, three huh. got better, I think, over time. Okay. Three's solid. Noise. Yeah. Uh, Zach Wojnar, two Wojnars. Yes. Huh. Favorite villain? I want to spotlight the Indominus Rex from <laughs> Jurassic World. Don's pumped. Don is pumped. There's a lot of hate directed towards JW, but the I-Rex is a straight-up slasher movie villain. It's like a Frankenstein story. Since the I-Rex is a monster in the shape of a dinosaur genetically engineered to be a perfect killer, a mix between a T-Rex, a Xenomorph, and Jason Voorhees. For sure. As for a human villain, I have to shout out Jonathan Price as Elliot Carver in Tomorrow Never Dies, which wow. was their first uh, 007 movie. Wow. I don't remember that one. Like I remember it was all about technology yeah. in that one, right? I love Jonathan Price. Yeah. Jonathan Price and Ronan, though. Even better. Ronan with De Niro? Yeah. Price is it that? Yes. I used to love that movie as a kid. Yes, love Price. that movie. I don't remember Jonathan Price in it. Who mm-hmm. is he? Is he the bad guy? Spoilers. Oh. Damn it. <laughs> I remember Kelly McDonald is in that, right? Yeah. Love her. Yes. She's the best. Yes. Uh, oh, wait, no. Is that her? I think so. No, maybe, it's that, no. maybe it's that other lady. Whatever. The, I can the, see her. I don't know if that, that is, is really good. Yeah. Whatever. Ronan's great. Great car chase. <laughs> I wonder if that movie holds up. Watched it a few years ago, yeah. Really? Yeah. Like five years ago. Dude, let's watch it. Ronan. <laughs> commentary track on Commentary it. track on Ronan. <laughs> maybe Silent. just a commentary track on the car chase? That yeah. That should be kind yeah. of sick. Yeah. Uh, Silent Constant says, not a movie villain, but shout out to Hank Scorpio from The Simpsons. <laughs> I don't even know. He's this. basically a Bond villain. Okay. He's like making fun of Bond villains. Nice. It's really, really funny. Like he, uh, Homer works for him, I think, and and he's just like doing Bond villain stuff in the background always, but he's super nice to Homer. Yeah. It, Hank Scorpio rules. Nice. It's when they move to a different town and everything's like perfect. Oh, is that the episode that has one of my favorite Simpson bits of all time? I think it is. Uh, Marge. It has nothing to do because the house like cleans itself because it's all high tech, and so she she pours herself a glass of wine and sips it, and then it does like an orchestral like horror hit when she takes the drink. It's like dun 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 or whatever, and then she pours it again and it does it again. <laughs> <laughs> it's really good. I think that's that episode. Love the Simpsons. All right, so that was everybody's fave villains. Faves. Now then, I asked, what makes a good villain? And everyone kind of was circling this similar um, stuff, so I'll probably shorten these answers just a little bit. But Jesse, Jesse Blue says, a monologue. The best villains have a great monologue, am I right? <laughs> but seriously, though, other than psycho horror, slasher horror like Friday the 13th or Halloween, where fear of death is the driving factor and you can't logic your way into or out of battles of wits with the baddie, the best villains are the ones you can relate to and think, if you were in the shoes of the protagonist, you would do this or that to defeat X. Or conversely, if you were the baddie's shoes in the baddie's shoes, you would do this or that to defeat the protagonists. David says, a great villain to me is just a great character, but in the context of being a monster in a socialized or supernatural sense. For reference, I wrote an entire essay in college on horror films in relation to the Greek concept of catharsis, highlighting monsters as a focus. A term I came up with was the wounded monster which is a monster we empathize with but watch spiral out of control despite seeing their humanity within them, like Frankenstein's monster. Tetsuo from Akira has one of my favorite examples of this idea. I also love when the horror to it is mysterious, like the woman in Audition. No spoilers. I like that concept, too. Yeah. 
Project DID says, depends on the movie. Often a good hero makes the villain. What point is there to be a villain if nobody can stop you? Shown quite well in Megamind. And Tilly's says, being believable. Even if their logic is flawed, I need to understand where they're coming from. Nothing is worse than being some uh, someone being evil for evil's sake and mm-hmm. nobody actually sees themselves as a villain. The other... The only other truly acceptable option for this is to be unknowable or unthinking, like Thulu or Xenomorphs, but that's a different kind of approach to take. Mm-hmm. I think that's the crux of it. Right? You want to like sympathize or understand a human villain. Totally. Or be it's something so unknowable that you're just like, well, what the hell? Yeah. I can't, it's an unstoppable force. I mean, dude, Castlevania, Dracula. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. episode one, no spoilers, like... So good. That motivation. Oh my god! Like so I can good. relate to. The, I can see that motivation. You know, if yeah. that happened, it's like yeah. okay. So good. Yeah. Uh, Katie Garza says, "I think viewer sympathy is what makes a really good movie villain. Maybe we don't empathize with them, but we can sympathize with them. Yeah. That makes an impact on viewers. I think. Yeah. At least I know it makes an impact on me. And without a doubt, there would be no Harry Potter with uh, without Lord Voldemort. That's true. Voldemort. Voldemort kind of made Harry Potter. Voldemort. Voldemort." Ken Reel says, a great villain, I always argue, is a hero, is the hero of their own story. It's only the process in getting into their goal that we need to be against them. So, uh, good, good, uh, proper motivation, but bad methods Mm -hmm. kind of a thing. Um, Stephen Beaumont broke it down into three points. Purpose, the villain needs to have a goal that they don't deviate from that goal. Wipe out half the universe. Yep. Belief. The villain needs to believe in their cause, otherwise they're just Team Rocket or Power Rangers villain who just see themselves as evil. Mm-hmm. And gravitas or charm. The mm-hmm. villain needs to have uh, to own the screen from Hans Gruber to Michael Myers or Hannibal Lecter. It can be a look, it can be a speech, but if they don't own the scenes that they are in, well, then they will be forgotten. Every word Thanos speaks. Yeah. Gravitas. Thanos is great. Thanos <laughs> commands your attention, yeah. dude. Yeah. I don't even know who you are. <laughs> yeah. I don't even know who you are. It's so good. Shit. Jason Wojnar. You will. will. Jason Wojnar. Either when they are so terrible you cannot wait to see them punished, like Joker or Mine Mint from 2008's Rambo. I never saw that one. Or Roman Sionis from Birds of Prey. Yeah. Or the opposite is equally as compelling. Tragic victims with whom the audience understands and empathizes with, but also agree they need to be taken care of. Roy Batty, for example. Dracula. Dracula. <laughs> Simon Constance says, a villain, a good villain is someone I love to hate. Think of Joffrey in Game of Thrones. Yes, <laughs> dude. One of the greats. You kidding me? Yeah. Joffrey. Just so oh, loathsome. Dude, for real, one of the all-time greats. Absolutely is one of the many reasons that show was as big as it was, I feel like, you know. Everyone hated Joffrey. Everyone just wanted Joffrey to go down. Yeah. You know? I got it. Oh, man. Brutal villain. Yeah. Disgusting. Don't watch Game of Thrones if you haven't, though. <laughs> it does not end well. Uh, Varun Kachwaha says, I know it's a cop-out, but it matters on the film. Some films just need a cheesy villain with no emotional backstory, but some films need the ambiguity. I wish we could bring... The Night King, but terrible villain. Yeah. Not, yeah, not even good, like, <laughs> no. I was going to say botched the ending, but, like, not even throughout was he good. Yeah. He's just there. Yeah. 
Not even like, and you can do like a force of nature villain that's good. Like Anton Chigurh. Like I mean, I think that uh, um, Cormac McCarthy does that. Like he he writes everyone as archetypes, you know. So it's like everyone is just like like No Country for Old Men. You know, Llewellyn Moss is humans, and Anton Chigurh is just evil personified, and Tommy Lee Jones's character Ed Tom, I think, is like good, you know. And I mean, Blood Meridian really goes for it with this kind of thing, but. Yeah, I, I, I like that kind of stuff. It, it feels more like a fable than a... Which is good. Joseph Caruso, the best villains are those with complicated motivations. Flawed individuals that are misunderstood or themselves misunderstand the world and try to do what they believe is the right thing regardless of their means. And then uh, they mentioned... This is a long comment, so I'm just going to... But they mentioned um, Fontaine from Bioshock, the family from Get Out, and the Zodiac Killer, all as examples of just like... Freaky villains. Oh my god, the Zodiac terrifying. No, Zodiac is hardcore. Not a lot of houses have basements in Los Angeles. Well, mine does. Yeah. That actor, dude. Yeah. He presence. He well, he's what's amazing about that actor. I wish I could remember his name right now. He's in Fargo also, and he's in like American Horror Story and stuff. He he either plays the nicest person you've ever seen, like this beautiful, gentle spirit, yeah. or the most terrifying psycho ever. And like nothing in between. That's wild. <laughs> That's wild. It's I pretty that great. Is. Yeah, it's something about him. He <laughs> looks lovable and terrifying all at once. Um, <laughs> Colt Smith says a good villain to me is someone who's understandable but just wrong, or someone or something that is entirely not understandable but equally compelling. Uh, would you kindly says contradictory to my favorite villain? A good villain is not obviously evil. We understand their patterns and almost see their motive motives as justified. Uh, Morgan Mahali says, Morgan Mohalla says, I appreciate the unstoppable force of nature that is Anton Chigurh. He's capable, dangerous, and unyielding. Good villains know what they are doing and they do not waver. Um, Tokyo Slim wrote like a dissertation here. Let's see. <laughs> what makes a good villain? I appreciate it. Never stop. Uh, what makes a good villain? I think that there are two kinds of villains in fiction. The unstoppable and unknowable force of nature, like Jaws, Terminator, HAL 9000, Jason Voorhees, Sauron, etc. The real monsters whose reason for evil is that they just are, or they just are what they are. Uh, there's no real reason with them or to prevent their actions, no way to prevent their actions or to destroy or eradicate them. These are scary that they're essentially a physical manifestation of death itself, a thing we can't control and that will come for all of us. Uh, the second type, is, and, and Tokyo Slim's favorite, is ourselves. What I mean by that is when someone is relatable, like Magneto or Killmonger or even Joker, that essentially means that we can find empathy in their actions to a point. Um, one-hour photo. Dude, one-hour photo. One-hour photo. Ugh. <laughs> Disturbing. Oh, excuse me. That movie saw I saw it when I was a kid and Same. like I was so disturbed that I like purged it from my mind. Same. I, think. I just remember being like, Robin, no. Yeah. Freaky movie. Yeah. One hour photo. So freaky. Um Zach Wojnar says, I like when the relationship between the hero and the villain is like that, between a person and their own reflection in a smashed mirror. Their favorite example of this is the sheriff from First Blood and Rambo. Oh, excellent. 
Is that Dennehy? Brian Dennehy is the villain? Uh, I don't know who plays that. That sounds right. That sounds like a name uh, from that period of time. Yeah. <laughs> Tommy Boy. Um, all right. Then I asked, what movie would have been nothing without its antagonist? Die Hard. Die Hard. Obviously Alien. Obviously... Uh, 2001. 2001. Obviously the Infinity Saga. Obviously crisis. the Silence of the Lambs. Of the Lam- Here's a question. <laughs> Here's, I have a question for you. Are you referring to Hannibal or to Buffalo Bill? Buffalo Bill. Bill? Yeah. Shit. Because Hannibal... Dual villains. Well, Hannibal's like... He's a villain because he's, he's playing everyone. He, well, he's bad, but re Clarice, our protagonist, he's like good, but he's using he's using it to yeah yeah, yeah to get his to get, situation yeah, changed. Yeah, 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 yeah yeah, which I love. <laughs> but like he would never do. I don't think he would ever do anything to harm Clarice. No, you know. Yeah, but I wonder if he would have cared if Clarice got killed by Buffalo Bill. Oh, know. he would have taken it so personally. He would have been rude. He would have gone and killed. Yeah, it would have been rude. Yeah. He would have gone and killed Buffalo Bill, probably. <laughs> yeah. Hey, do you remember the Hannibal TV show? Yes, we were just talking about that. It was so good. I would love just a, a one-off movie. They or need something. to do just a movie. Yeah. Or do they? I don't know. I don't know. That end stinger from would it be, season whatever. If you did end it end. like 10 years from now, could you do some kind of time jump Oh, my God. Style? If you just like did it in Mads real time? is really old Oh, my God. You bring in Clarice somehow. You just like do Silence of the Lambs or that something. Show, that show is so complex. Oh, and I mean, we've said this before, even on this podcast, I think, but like probably the most unsettled I've ever been yep. by something. Because yep. they shoot violence like food yeah. and it's disgusting. It is very disgusting. Which I guess I'm happy I'm disgusted by that. It's gross. There were some moments of that show where I was just like... How? Also, how? like, how are you allowed to show this on NBC? Yeah. What the hell? Yeah. Oh, my God. It's anyway. Ahead of its time. Movies that would have been nothing without its antagonist. Project DAD says Star Wars. Who would watch Luke be a moisture farmer all of his life? <laughs> Although Netflix or HBO might be able to make a surprisingly good show of that. Maybe call it moisture or sand. <laughs> I don't like sand. Uh... Vron Kuchwaha says, has to be No Country for Old Men. That film needs sugar. He's what everyone remembers when they think of that film. He's driving the plot, and he's the tension that ties the narrative together. Without his incredible per- presence permeating the film, it would have been a bit boring. Well, I, don't, I, I don't know about that, but yeah, probably right. There's only one uh, villain I have yet to hear. I'm surprised we haven't heard it yet. We'll see. Well, some new ones are mentioned here, so okay. let's see. Let's see. Colt Smith says, Predator. Uh, would you kindly? Alien, Silence of the Lambs, Empire Strikes Back, Schindler's List, Terminator 1 and 2, uh, Godfather, Scarface, and Tilly says Black Panther. This was, this oh was my, my God, this was Killmonger. the one I was thinking of mostly because yes. Killmonger, yeah. Well, at the start of the film, yes. T'Challa was somewhat milquetoast. It actually took Killmonger's campaign, which was coming from the right place but going about it in the wrong way, to give our hero the arc for the film and to lead the glo- to the global reveal of Wakanda. That was that was my favorite part about Black Panther, where I was like, Killmonger's not wrong, though. Like, he's being a crazy jerk about this and going about it the wrong way. But, like, definitely I was like, he's not wrong, yeah. though. He just needed a little bit of course correction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, and even T'Challa, like, yeah. agrees, Yeah, I think. Yeah. I, I wish that they would have... I The one misstep, I think, from Black Panther is I wish T'Challa, like, literally said... Maybe it's implied in the end. I don't know. But I wish he actually said, like, 
you're right. By him revealing to the world, he that is he, saying that is saying yeah. that. I guess yeah. you're right. Yeah, I guess you're right. But I wish he said it to kill for sure. For sure, they they get their moment. They get their moment. They get their little whatever little moment. Hell of a movie. God, Hell of Black a movie, Panther. Dude. Hell of a movie. Oh, also in so Infinity good. War, when um. <sighs> When Chris Evans goes, I know some people. And yeah. Then, and then the freaking drums come in. Everyone in my theater was I like, know. yeah! <laughs> I know. It's so... Uh, uh, what, a, what a time. I know. Uh, Alexander Zirinov says, I know one movie trilogy that would have been nothing without its antagonist, The Lord of the Rings. Avengers would be worse without Thanos, but there's still st- stories to tell and battles to fight. It's hard to imagine the Silence of Lambs without Hannibal Lecter, but there are other ways to catch a killer. But without Sauron... There would be no journey, no fellowship, no Nazgûls, no corrupted Saruman. Basically, no evil in the film's version of Middle-earth. I guess in the books it's not as definitive. Um, Silent Consonant says, I feel like the Dark Knight would be nothing without its antagonist. When I think of why I love Dark Knight, it's because of Heath Ledger. Absolutely. I mean, Batman Begins is phenomenal, and it doesn't have Heath Ledger. I think Dark Knight would still be a good movie. Dark Knight's better, though. Of course, yeah, sure, and largely because of he. It Ledger. is legendary yeah, because yeah. of like, but to write it's it the off, best one because for of sure. Heath Ledger for sure. Yeah, and I don't even think I don't even think that's a posthumous like thing because like no. he died. I think it would have lived on with that much yeah. fame were he still here, and I wish he were. I agree. Heath Ledger and Anton Yelchin. I'm like sad yeah, still it hurts, it hurts about every both time. of and Paul Walker. Hurts every time. Mm. Zach Wojnar, my two favorite Star Trek movies. Wrath of Khan is a revenge tale. Jim Kirk's mistake catches up to him while he's on the cusp of a midlife crisis. Khan represents everything he had to spend his whole life avoiding while he was boldly going where no one had gone before. And Khan's vengeance is a proverbial chickens coming home to roost. And in Star Trek VI, The Undiscovered Country, Kirk must learn to see Klingons as real people, but not an enemy to be destroyed or outwitted. Meanwhile, General Chang, Christopher Plummer, must do the same thing, but he doesn't. Okay, now here's what I wanted to Yo, ask you. Yo, shout about. out Whoa. to Mama Dread. Oh, dude. Come on now. Mama. Come on now. Yeah, dude. Yo, <laughs> shout out to Daniel Plainview. There I will mentioned be blood. I mentioned Daniel Plainview in the prompt initially. Got it. Okay. So that's probably why he didn't come up as much. Because I said like from Jason Voorhees <laughs> to Daniel Plainview, <laughs> villains are blah blah blah. <laughs> Love a good movie where the main character is the villain. Yeah. Even and without even like spelling it out. For sure. Yeah. Like good stuff. Like. Joker, like Jeff. <laughs> like Joker. Go, go sit down in the Joker chair. <laughs> you said the naughty word. Uh, who would win in a fight between every movie bad guy you can think of? Thanos. Sorry, everyone. With the Infinity Gauntlet. Oh yeah. Well, that's cheating. Even dude, even without. He just says infinite magic. Even with without all of the stones, he's, he's taken on everyone. He, be, he, he straight up just beats Hulk. <laughs> yeah. That's never really explained. I guess he's just from a strong race. Yeah. Hulk's well, just I, a big, strong boy. Eternals, I think... When he has the power it, stone at that point, doesn't he? I don't know. I feel like there's a good opportunity and chance to get some Thanos origins and stuff in it in Eter- the Eternals, which is after Black Widow. Mm. So be on the lookout. Why are they doing weird prequels? Well, because Eternals is going to be like thousands of years it, oh. the whole movie spans oh sick yeah that's all i know about it no spoilers it's all dude I know. it's very long i'm hyped for eternals yeah. dude yeah it's just one movie yep frick for now yeah frick when's black widow come out may if it doesn't get delayed like all oh. these other movies yeah, yeah yeah yep uh who do i think would win 
It's gonna be hard to beat Thanos. I mean, it's gotta be. It, that's the problem. <laughs> is like if you're yeah. if you're doing all movie bad guys against all other movie bad guys, it's gotta be someone with just like godlike powers. Yeah, like yeah, like Cthulhu Lighthouse. Yeah, Cthulhu. <laughs> just like yeah, the world. What's the what's or the like even? the witch dude, Black Bill or whatever. Well, yeah, I mean what the devil. Yeah. yeah, like or uh, Azathoth. <laughs> I think is the one from. Uh, I don't think Azathoth is in any movies though. But uh, that's the Arkham Horror villain, where in like, some of the board games, it's just like, if it wakes up, you lose. Okay. It just destroys yeah. the universe. <laughs> it's just, just like, blinks, blinks, you're all, blinks you out of existence. Everybody's gone. Although apparently Cthulhu, if he woke up, we'd all die, because we're just Cthulhu's dream or some weird thing. Whatever. That's scary. Um, Chim. Chim. If yeah. Chim woke up. Chim. Chim. Uh-oh. Some um, say Cosm. <laughs> yeah. Q from Star Trek. He could do some ruckus. If he wanted to. He's not really a bad guy, though. Removing Thanos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Making it a little more fair and, and humanoid. Mm -hmm. T-1000 is a very strong choice. Yeah. Pretty T hard to would take be, would down. Beat the Xenomorphs. Yep. It's taken down Hans Gruber. It's it would... taken down a lot. I mean, Anto how does Anton Chigurh He's manage, just a man. a, manage a T-1000, you know? Right. He just shoots it with a shotgun, probably. He's a good killer. He, he knows back. how to kill. Yeah. T-1000 would just, like, yeah. It's tough. It depends on if Anton Chigurh is actually a human being or not. But <laughs> that's the thing where it's, like, <laughs> narratively, like, if you're coming out of a parable where, like, if you're just representative of capital E, evil, yeah. then you'll win. But that's the same as, like, being, you know, Black Phillip or whatever. Yeah. All Black Phillip wants you to do is live danger or live deliciously. Yeah. That's all, he that's all I ask of you. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, Project D.A.D., Heath Ledger's Joker. He has an odd way of looking into people's souls. Colt Smith. Ledger's Joker mm -hmm. would come up with a way to take out the T-1000. He'd, he'd liquid nitrogen. And he'd just trap he, him in a box. Or he something. would annoy the shit out of Thanos. <laughs> and make him snap him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I wonder. Well, that'd be good. That'd be a fun conversation to see. Joker v. Thanos. That'd be a really fun conversation. Joker <laughs> might take him just, just by being like so weird. Yeah. Though Loki is the sure, Joker sure. of Even like Tony Avengers Stark has that like, it, Joker snark. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's fun to think about. Loki, dude. I like Loki. Hell yeah. Uh, Colt Smith says, Sauron probably at full power. He's basically all powerful and can't die unless you know to destroy the ring. True. But Space if he down. has the ring, then you have to give Thanos the stones. Yeah. Thone, stones beat the ring, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They definitely do. That ring, all it does is like make you invisible. Yeah. I'm unclear on what is so great about that ring, actually. He like draws all of the power. It's from like everyone. a trick. He yeah. like yeah. yeah. Space Dom says, I'll tell you one villain fight I'd like you to settle. It from Stephen King's It versus It from It Follows. Good I haven't fight. seen good it fight. follows. Really so this good. Is, this is a you. Dang, even Who Pennywise. Pennywise is Pennywise is really hard to stop. Yeah. And yeah. Pennywise Pennywise wins because Pennywise is sadistic. Yeah. So sadistic. Yeah. Wants to win, wants to kill. Has and that And has fun doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Give it to Pennywise. <laughs> Creep. Would the, would you kindly of says any depiction of Satan? You can delay evil, but it, you can't kill it. Um, what Tokyo is it? Slim. End of Days. Oh, yeah. <laughs> End of Days. God, what a movie. 
Tokyo Slim says probably Galactus or Thanos. Yep. 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 No, nobody real. overpowers their characters like comic books. That's true. Yep. yep. And Tilly says Terminators, they have a pretty poor KDA, but it's been shown that no matter what happens, the future will always end up making more Terminators, so sooner or later, they'll just get lucky. <laughs> true. Dude, I mean, how did Thanos get beat? Time travel. Who yeah. Who fucking time travels the most? These damn Terminators. Terminators, dude. Terminators They're horrible at it. They're horrible at it. Yeah. But this might be a good point. The On Terminators. a long enough timeline, the Terminators are going to wreck everything. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Stephen Beaumont, <laughs> who would win in a bad guy fight? Unicrom from Transformers the movie, obviously, or Gold Frieza? <laughs> Zach Wojnar says, Darth Vader, baby. Maybe the Predator, but probably Vader. Gold Frieza. <laughs> Dude, Gold Frieza probably beats Thanos easily. Honestly, I don't, if I don't you start know anything about Gold Frieza. If you start bringing Dragon Ball into this equation, or Superman t- style. They're like, yeah, they're like unstoppable. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty impossible to beat anyone in Dragon Ball. Silent Constant says King Ghidorah would win. The funny thing with all of these, though, is like the villains always lose. Yeah. So it's like, we know how to beat all of these guys. Yeah. We know the crazy. Yeah. Although Thanos' weakness and undoing everything was pretty uh, complex. Yeah. Pretty complex. Uh, which villains do you find yourself kind of agreeing with? Um,. Project Dad says Thanos. What were you going to yeah, say? Yeah, Thanos. I mean, Thanos has a point. I know everyone always makes fun of it. Like, make more food. And it's like... Mm. I mean, uh, yeah. If if you went through... Like, hit the backstory, I know it's really fast and expository, but, like, that context is really important for his motivation yeah, of, yeah. like, he lived through this and saw it. Yeah. So, from that perspective, I think it's totally logical and and yeah, a yeah. great villain well, motivation it, like it isn't something i would ever do obviously but yeah, yeah you can see where he's coming from yeah and that's sure. important uh noah says magneto was right <laughs> <laughs> Magneto was right uh cold smith the villain in equilibrium just wants to maintain the status quo even though the status quo is bad but you can understand where he's coming from yo let's rewatch equilibrium dude, dude commentary track on equilibrium dude? yes yes that would actually be pretty fun that movie is probably horrible like i loved it when i as a kid but it's probably not good it's probably it not good. it it's really all depends on the choreography if the choreography holds up the i feel gun like kata? yeah <laughs> like if that is still solid today the movie has merit it's like, possible um, it's possible yeah um morgan mahala says killmonger yeah Antilles says Killmonger. Oh, and Kylo Ren. Also Joker. You could just, like, understand where they're coming from, kind of. Yep, yep. Jason Wojnar says Colonel Kurtz, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, hate what they do, but you know why. Um, Hell 9000. Hell 9000, sure. I'm scared, Dave. Just doesn't want to die. I'm scared. It's more relatable than that. So intense. Uh, Please, Dave. <laughs> I'm scared. It's so It's really good. Good. I love Hell Night. It's a damn computer yeah. and it's like got uh, uh, feelings. Yeah. <laughs> one of the one of them feeling computers. <laughs> You're hurting it. <laughs> <laughs> Silent Constance says the villains I usually find myself agreeing with are those that are often portrayed as a villain, but a small reveal changes your perspective. Or something like Jurassic Park, where it's easy to put T-Rex in the villain position for the majority of the movie, but at the end, he's the hero. And upon further <laughs> reflection, the humans are probably the villains in that movie. To yeah, Speedy Wong. 
Well, B.D. Wong... <laughs> <laughs> B.D. Wong only turned evil in world. B.D. Wong. That's, a, that's like a shoehorn <laughs> to, to beat the band, man. That one is irritating to me. Yeah. Uh, Zach Wojnar, probably Jason Voorhees, because who doesn't want to kill some annoying teenagers yes. every once in a while? Yes. Also, uh, shout out to Zach Wojnar. Interviewed uh, Kirsty Wilson-Cairns, the co-writer of 1917, and she talked about how the antagonist of that film is war itself. She said on an interview in Screen Rant, they didn't hate the people they were fighting. They all just wanted to go home. They wanted to go back to their life. They wanted it all to be done. The antagonist of the whole piece is war itself, not the enemy. I Maybe wh- that. The evil that exists in, in all man's hearts. It's going to sting for a while. Like I really wish everyone on Earth saw that movie in the theater. I liked that movie. Oh, my God. Yeah. All right. Final thing before the quote challenge. Pacific Rim. Kaiju. That was the or one the, you uh, No, the... Uh, King Ghidorah. Kaiju yeah. came up. The um, aliens, though. The, the Like, making the portal. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Not a lot known about them. What are they called in that movie? I, for, I even forget the I name. I remember. Jaegers and... Uh, Kaiju. Are they called that? Yeah. Oh. They just used the Japanese term? Mm-hmm. Huh. All right. Uh, all right. Do you have a Friday the 13th tradition, Huber? Uh, if it is of October, no matter what I watch, Friday the 13th. Yeah. But so every, no, that's not every year. Nope. Doesn't happen very often. Special. Um, yeah, no, really. Not, no. Well, our viewers have some. I don't really have one either. Our viewers have some. Project DAD plays the lottery. Uh, Cold Smith. I always try to watch a scary movie, just like I do for all 31 days of October. It used to always be a Friday the 13th movie, but I've seen them all so many times I had to branch out. Cesar Villa says, saying this, saying that this time I will play the Friday the 13th NES cartridge I bought five years ago and then never doing it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Respect that. Would you kindly pick a villain actor like Christopher Walken, Javier Bardem, Rafe Fiennes, and watch a couple of their films? And Tilly's, okay, this, this part I thought you would like. And Tilly's Friday the 13th tradition, nothing. But I will take this opportunity to share my rankings of the final of the Friday the Thirteenth films, which he know they know you will take umbrage with. Okay. Okay. Starting with from worst to best. Okay. Twelve. Jason goes to hell. The final Friday from nineteen ninety three. Great. Eleventh uh, is Friday the Thirteenth Part Three from eighty two. Already off to a bad start. Somebody, the the person who recommended Patriot, we were talking about Friday the 13th, and they also had an issue with 3. And What's I, wrong with 3? I don't remember 3. 3 is where he gets the hockey mask. Right. Because it's not actually Jason until 2. Yeah, and he's like such... 3 is such a good example of like the quintessential Jason with a hockey mask before he becomes a mutant. Yeah. 3 is amazing i don't know why three gets so much hate it's one of the best well it's 11th on his list Dang. 10th friday the 13th part f- six jason lives 86 that's my number one that's your number one yep that noise you're hearing audio listeners is he were throwing wooden coasters <laughs> my number one is six my number two is three okay oh my gosh okay if manhattan is in the top three discredited okay well, number nine is Friday the 13th, part uh, five, six, seven. It was Roman numerals. The New Blood is from 88. Love that one. Telekinetic powers. He has telekinetic powers? Uh, one, of the, the, one of the, the, one of the girls, yeah. Oh, okay. Eight is uh, Jason Takes Manhattan okay, from 89. All right, all right. All right, all right. Uh, that's part eight, I guess. Uh, seven is Freddy v. Jason. Nice. From 2003. 
Six, Friday the 13th, A New Beginning from 85. Die! Five is Die. Jason X from 2001. That seems high. It does. <laughs> I need to go back and watch it. I haven't seen it in a long time, and it's one of those ones that people have warmed up to over the years. Okay, I okay. keep seeing it pop up. Is that the space one? Yeah. Yeah. It has one of the best kills of all time, the nitroglycerin. Uh, fourth is Friday the 13th, The Final Chapter from 84. Mm. Wow, they really uh, sold themselves short on the series. Four years after the original, they were like, yeah, we're done. Uh, third, they rank Friday the 13th from 2009. Okay. He I furrows mean, f- his brow. Okay. The first 20 minutes are legendary. <laughs> Didn't hate it, okay. but very highly ranked. Very surprising. Very okay, ranked. okay, okay. They said you'd take umbrage. Yeah. <laughs> uh... Two, second highest, is Friday the 13th Part 2 from 81. So one and two. And Friday the 13th from 1980 is number one. One and two. Yes. One and two together is really nice. It's like one kind of... Well, it's a very direct continuation. Dang, I really, really like three... I, I it's their second least favorite. I know. I'm very surprised. Maybe on the next one they they can say why they dislike it so yeah, much. Right, I, I right need a reason. In and yeah, least. I need a very specific reason why three is not good. Yeah. So I love it because <laughs> uh, six he's full on back from the dead. He's like a monster. Yeah. And then, but three he's still like such a humanoid. Humanoid. Love yeah. a good humanoid. Yeah. He's just very human. Love a good humanoid. Uh, Silent Constant says Friday the Thirteenth, just another day. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Last thing, Tokyo Slim's patented quote challenge. Nice. Okay, so last month, I got two okay. with Sorry to Bother You's white voice quote and guessing melancholia for the earth is evil. We don't need to grieve for it. So I did okay. Nice. What we missed, you know, hope is a mistake. If you can't fix what's broken, you'll go insane. Now that I see the answer, uh, it's I, I kicking myself for not knowing this. Star Wars Episode Four: A New Hope. Uh... Let me see if I can remember how he says it, and maybe you'll you'll know. You know, hope is a mistake. If you can't fix what's broken, you'll go insane. Inception. Then he goes, he's in that movie. Later he goes, Max. My name's Max. I forget. Mad Max Fury Road, oh, baby. Oh, shit. Dang it. Uh... You know how to get rid of crabs? You gotta shave one testicle and all the crabs go to the oh, other one. this one, I was so mad. You gotta light the hair on yeah. fire on that one. And this... then they go scurrying out, and you take an ice pick, and you fucking stab every single last one of them. Apparently that's from The Master. The Master, because I've I seen just rewatched yeah. it like less than six months ago. <laughs> yes, Joaquin says that. Ah. Uh. Uh. And then this one, as soon as I saw what it's from, it, I kicked myself, too. It's not what you did, son, that angers me so. It's who you did it to. Chapter one. Chapter one. It's from chapter one. Chapter one. Not called chapter one. Chapter one. Two is called chapter two. Three is called Parabellum. Oh, John Wick. <laughs> John Wick. All right. Chapter two. 10 out of 10. All right, and then for this for this month's, here they go. This one is so familiar to me. You ever kill somebody? I hurt someone's feelings once. It sounds so familiar. Killing them softly? Is it from that movie? I don't know. I've never Maybe. seen that. I never saw that. Ugh, this one's going to... You ever kill somebody? I hurt someone's feelings once. Ugh! It feels like aliens-y, but it's not. 
Uh, I feel like Tim Robbins might be involved, but I don't know. Uh, what about the guy? What about the guy you lobotomized? Did he get a refund? What about the guy you lobotomized? Did he get a refund? That sounds so familiar God. too. Damn it, Tokyo Slim. No, these are so good because they're right they're there. They're right there, yeah. Oh, what is this from? Is it like Gattaca or something? Or what about the guy you lobotomized? Like Did not he get a refund? Like, like one like somebody... flew over the cuckoo's nest? No, I think it's like not a legitimate lobot. I think it's like somebody shot somebody's head off or something. I think it's a guy talking to a or a woman talking to a guy. Like pulp fiction? What about the guy you lobotomized? Did he get a refund? Piss. I don't remember. Yeah, piss. Uh, we're, we're doing poorly this time. Three, uh, it is not our abilities that show us what we truly are. It is our choices. That feels like X-Men. Feels like freaking James McAvoy. Yeah. Straight yeah. up. Yeah. Really give us credit for that. Charles Xavier. Yeah. Charles that? Xavier, uh, damn it. It's probably, <laughs> it's probably first class, but. It sounds like Charles Xavier. Oh, it could we be Mystique in one of the later ones, but. Um. The truth is a matter of circumstances. It's not all things to all people all the time. Oh, that sounds familiar too. The truth is a matter of circumstances. It's not all things to all people all the time. A few good men or something. I don't know. I don't know, dude. Captain America's Civil War. God, we're, we're striking out this I time. Know. Usually we get like two of these. <sighs> all right, last one. Behind the stubble and the too prominent brow and the male pattern baldness... I sensed your feminine longing, and it slew me. Couldn't even. Though guess. this sounds familiar to me. The mask. Behind the stubble and the too prominent brow and the male pattern baldness, I sensed your feminine longing, and it slew me. Gah. Tokyo, Can't, you win this time. We don't yeah. know any of these. Can't even guess. Oh, we failed. Um. Well, anyway, that'll do it. Thank you all. I hope you enjoyed that episode. I know that this was one where we kind of just like read through all the comments, but it's I thought fun. they were all pretty good comments. Yeah. So. Uh, hopefully that Shout was out. enjoyable. Shout out to Althanis, Greg, the Dark Knight, Kettering, Caleb, Togi Crawford, Will Schmuck, and Mr. One Luigi. That is a tier on our Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash easyallies. I do believe there might be a slot or two open if you're interested in getting in on that. It's expensive. <laughs> <laughs> but it helps us out a lot, uh, especially as we're in this weird period where um we're still getting started with the roost stuff so, yes yeah. um yeah but everything's going okay don't worry everything's fine um yeah that's well, what thanos said <laughs> thank you mikey hubies <laughs> when did he say that <laughs> he never said that there's been so many words you know yeah when he's like taking young gamora oh god Just don't look child Ugh. creep what a creep. What a cre- I love to hate him. Yeah. I love to hate Thanos. Who's your number one? My number one villain of all time? Yeah. Hmm. I I want to say the Queen Alien, specifically. For you or for me? For me. Yeah. Queen Alien's really good. Ripley's one of my favorite protagonists of Easily. all time. Easily. Uh, the first ones that come to mind are, yeah, probably Anton Chigurh, Daniel Plainview. Uh, Gruber. Hans Gruber, certainly. I like um, Simon from Vengeance. For sure. Um, The Grubers. The Grubers, yeah. (laughs) Your villain's Gruber. Um, Yeah, I don't know. There are a lot of really good villains. I mean, Joker is really great. Um, Heath Ledger's Joker and and 
show in comic book Joker. And Jack Nicholson's Joker. That's Jack a good Nicholson's one. Joker. Where does he get those marvelous toys? Marvelous, Yo, wonderful? Shout the hell out. Matt Damon in The Departed, dude. Come on. Is he the bad guy in that? Exactly. So good, dude. Undercovered, like, double-crossing. He's their, their rat. He's he's uh, uh, Mark eight. Wahlberg's good though, right? Mark Wahlberg's good, and Leo's just trying his damnedest. And Leo, it's like the yeah, Leo is a good guy undercover with the bad guys, and Matt Damon is a bad guy undercover with the good guys. Right, right, right. Dude, Matt Damon in that movie is incredible. Shout Spoilers out. for The Departed. Underappreciated. What a movie! I think it was appreciated the appropriate amount. Maybe even overappreciated. He should have won an Oscar for various other films over that. Departed is one of the greats. I will. That is a Scorsese hill. himself has better movies. Dude, that is that is one that I will fight always for. Is Departed. It's one of my favorites ever, man. The rat crawling along the I railing know, at the end is really stupid, though. Just t- turn. Let's your, agree turn with that. Off. Can you turn agree with that off? at yes, least? Yes. Okay. Yes. Turn right. your off right. before that part happens. All right. Okay. The okay, camera's okay. spanning over. Off. 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 <laughs> yeah. Throw the disc out the window. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right then then we can agree <laughs> departed's great <laughs> uh all right well whatever uh we'll be back next month with some cool stuff probably yeah thank you very much for watching and listening um again we'll try to get this done earlier with all the rescheduling and stuff that we had to do things just got too crazy this month um so i apologize for the early tier that didn't get it early this time uh, I really try to prevent that from happening. Um, but, uh, yeah, next time we'll try to get it done sooner for you. All right. Thank you very much. Thanks, Huber. Thank you, everybody. Bye-bye. Love and respect.